Hello. Hello, Merlin. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm doing great. Yeah? How's everything? It's going great. I got my computer back. Hey, what was the story on that thing? Just what we thought. Power supply. Ugh. Mm-hmm. What are you going to mm-hmm. do? What are you going to do? Was it under a, any kind of like warranty or did you have to pay pay to get the repairs done? Nope. Nope. Apple Care, baby. Sweet. I'm an Apple Care man. I guess. Well, I am. I, I don't buy those deals on most things, but I feel like with Apple stuff, it almost always pays off. And I, I think over time, hmm, especially with phones, like it really pays off. Like when, yes. when my wife's phone got doused in water, I, I was too embarrassed to even take it in. Then I, one day, I've, I've told the story before, but I suddenly remembered that I've got super duper Apple Care on it. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah. Like if we can't fix it, we'll replace it for 50 bucks. I was like, what? That's bananas. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So this was good. Yeah. I mean, I got my, of course, I can't say anything about Apple without bitching a little bit. But I, I you know, I, uh, I, I'm sorry. I've talked about this in so many places, but it was, you know, a couple Tuesdays ago that this happened and I knew I was going to have to be out of town. So I was trying all kinds of crazy stuff. I would not you know, ordinarily spend a huge amount of time on knowing to some level of certainty, talking to friends and my own gut that it was probably the power supply. But, you know, the whole process of dealing with the repair stuff is it's kind of a donkey drill. You know, it's something a lot of people have talked about. It's like it's the experience of getting something fixed with Apple today versus a few years ago feels very different. Where, you know, in uh, I mentioned this on an upcoming Reconcilable Differences, but I had a really great Apple support person, was very helpful texting and talking. And, you know, eventually I, I got on the phone and got some what felt like very high level, not very high level, but like a super helpful, very a great person who uh, was kind enough to compliment me on all of my chicken bone rattling that I had done to try and fix it. He says, yeah, that sounds like the power supply. And finally I was like, hey, you know can you hook a brother up with uh, the Genius Bar and we'll get an appointment going? And he's like, nope, can't. Like, you've got to go do that. They have no they have no way to do that. You still have to go through that process. Mm. Uh, in the times that I was looking at this over a week and a half or so, the time to take it in a device was never fewer than three days and was often five days. Which, you know, that's kind of crazy. I guess you could be one of those animals that just shows up and then waits for three hours until a spot opens, but yeah. I'm not going to do that. No. Um, that that was a little surprising to me. But then also, you cannot schedule a Genius Bar appointment more than a week out. So there's a little bit of threading the needle to getting this stuff done. Mm-hmm. And then when you do go in, I'm sorry to bitch, but like I, I think this is a sore spot. I think the resources and management are not there right now. And it it's just, you go in there, it just feels like chaos and people are wandering around. And I, I guess, you know, it's managed in its way. But like my appointment was like 20 minutes late, even though I scheduled it, you know, four days earlier. And, uh, you know, you, you have to have the Genius Bar appointment, even if, you know, everybody kind of knows what it is. You can't just drop it off. I don't know. It feels it's a little bit of a sore spot because that used to be the whole when the Apple Store came along, it was so different. It felt so different. It looked so different. Your interactions in an Apple Store so different than what you'd expect going to Fry's or Best Buy. Yeah. And, you know, for a long time, the genius experience was, you know, pretty good. In this case, it just I don't know. It, it felt like like a lot of people like running around. Have you have you had any experiences with needing to uh, take stuff in? 
recently? Not recently, not in a long time. The last time that I had that trouble was when I used the wrong kind of cleaner to clean a screen, a laptop screen, and it sort of absorbed into the screen. Ugh. And uh, and that was just complete dumbness on my part for, for do, doing it wrong. But I took it in and they said, uh, what happened? I said, I got some stuff in the screen. And they said, okay. And they took it in the back and they came back out and they said, the sensors show that liquid got into the screen. I said, yeah, I, that's what I said. And they said, well, uh, it needs to be replaced if you want to replace it. And I did and they were able to get it back in a, a day or two. But I haven't had anything. That was at least three years ago. Uh, and I haven't had, fortunately, any cause to take anything in. That's good. But I always do get the Apple Care. Like right now, I I did that crazy thing where you get the, you buy the phone and it's some mm-hmm. kind of a Apple loan upgrade thing where you get a new phone and you're getting it right from Apple and it includes the Apple Care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that. I've never, as a as a general rule, I've never really gotten Apple Care on anything except phones hmm. uh, but i know a lot of people get it on especially laptops and it seems it seems like a good idea and it's not too expensive yeah yeah i mean it, it pays to know what it actually covers and you know what the deductible is and all of that but it's also it is very uh entertaining it's not very entertaining it's a little entertaining mm-hmm. to get to sit in the apple store for two hours and just hear overhear all the conversations and it's, it's such a range of people. There's some like very unsurprisingly, there are some very common things. A couple people I heard there were very confused about how Apple ID works. I guess you could include me in that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that people getting that stuff squared away. The, the woman next to me on uh, the stool, a couple of stools down, was uh, just frantic, and she did that thing where she was like. <sighs> <laughs> she kept performing her frustration mm-hmm. and a couple times out loud how long really oh yeah well it's it's it you know it's, she's probably a walk-in mm. i mean because didn't it i mean didn't it used to be fairly conventional wisdom that you could just take your apple device into the store and they'd work on it with you like you didn't need an appointment that was a nice to have that am i, am I remembering incorrectly i don't remember a time when you, I re, I don't remember when they switched to doing the appointments until I found out that you needed appointments somehow, and I don't remember. I don't, what I don't that think was. that was always the case. It though. was not. No, I think you're right. I think it was. You could just be downtown with your phone not working and walk into the store and say, and they, you know, see you. I, you know, obviously yeah, I sold remember, a lot of phones. I, I come to think of it, I'm remembering a time when I went in to do that, and then the guy said, "Well, you've got to, you've got to go make an appointment." And I said, "Well, how do I do that?" And he pointed me at one of the computers and said, just go here and make it. I said, but I'm right here. And he said, yeah, but we still need you to go make the appointment. So I guess that's, and then, then from then on, it was that way. Yeah. But now you've, you've like you're saying, you've got to have an appointment. You, they won't even talk to you. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And this is, this is the way my sister-in-law does it. My, my daughter sat through, you know, it's funny how there are people who just get cursed for a little while. My friend, friend uh, Alex Cox is cursed. She just keeps getting phones where something is wrong. Aww. She has to keep bringing it in. She keeps getting the same crummy advice about like, oh yeah, just restore, quit your apps and restore your phone. And <laughs> like, no, no, we've been around with this. There's something going on here and you just get a run. And my sister-in-law got an iPhone and something was basically wrong with it. And then she got another one and something was basically wrong. And she actually, at that point, um, my daughter was visiting. So 
<laughs> she's like, oh, we'll just pop into the Apple store without an appointment. And it was you know, like a three hour wait. Mm. And, you know, that's really fun for an eight year old. But um, yeah, it, it is interesting to overhear all that. It's always fun to hear various consumers explain to the geniuses what how computers work. That's always a lot of fun. Oh, so the woman next to me, uh, you know, Kathleen Exhalation, she she's and at one point she does the thing where she goes Ugh, and she just slumps over uh, with her head in her arms. Oh, my God. So at this point, they've taken her iPad back and she slumps. And I'm like, man, she's really having a bad day. And then, of course, the guy comes out and I got to hear the talk. Yeah, um, we ran this uh, through the dingus and uh, there's it senses there's some extreme water damage. <laughs> She's like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. My stars and garters. Because I guess that's kind of the first thing they do. Like, did this did this obviously go into a toilet? Right. Is <laughs> step <Right>. zero. <laughs> because, I mean, then they have they do have little sensors inside to detect that specific yeah. thing. So that when because water damage has got to be super common to these kinds of devices. I, I myself have lost several computers to water of one kind or another. And. You know, if it was really smart of Apple to put a little sensor in there because and like the guys come out and like, well, uh, we have to tell you that water, we detected water. There is somehow water entered the case. We're not. But they don't say it in such a way that like you got water in 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 into this. They say the sensors detected the presence of water. Yeah, it's the passive voice. <laughs> right, of water. right. It is believed that water has been introduced <laughs> to the device. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I imagine there's several very good. I mean, one really good basic reason is it just says on the tin, "Hey, water damage is not covered." Right. And then on the other hand, I mean, just for diagnosis, you know, there's like in the, in the case with with um, with my iMac. Uh, let me go find this. So when 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 the uh, so when the repair went in. I got a copy of the work authorization. And so like I had said to Syracuse, we were making a bet on what was wrong with it. And uh, he said, well, chances are you may never know. Like they'll just take it in. They'll replace a bunch of stuff and send it back. So in the initial work order, the repair estimate included a new logic board, a power supply, and an hour of repair time, which if I hadn't had, so they're just throwing that at it. Right. That would have been six hundred and fifty-six dollars and twenty-eight cents. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah, it ended up just being the power supply, which again I didn't have to pay for because it, it was covered. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I want closure though. You know, I want to know what do I do. Yeah, you know, is it my is it my cherry pie? Did my cherry pie break it? Did I have a corrupt font? You know, <laughs> power supply. Most boring answer there could be. No, it's not interesting to anybody. Three hundred watts. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Popcorn nugs. Popcorn nugs pricing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's been a big week. It's been a huge week. Uh, uh, we've got uh, I've got uh, some potential. Not re- I don't have much follow up and some um, responses. Uh, listeners writing us. Yeah, yeah. Volumes volumes going up again, Dan. I don't know if you noticed. The volumes going up again. The volume oh, yeah. of the bad spam stuff that we don't like. Yeah, yeah, it's, big it's, time. It's really going. I'm hearing about this a lot more. It seems like this is. People. I am getting more spam now. Than I've ever gotten in my whole life, because it gets through. I mean, this is spam that really does look like it's from a person. But, but like uh, David Friedman uh, is getting the do you can I write for your blog thing? Yeah, and he hasn't on on like I think he was saying on a site that he hadn't updated in 
several people who said their sites they haven't updated in years. I get 43 folders requests like three times a week. Strategic partnerships, you know, and people wanting to write. I don't know. It's, 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 there's no point in bitching about it, but it is, it is dumb and frustrating. And I want those people to, I want them to be, I want, I want to smite them. I want to smite them. They steal my attention, Dan. They steal it. Yes. Yeah, the amount of actual spam I get is virtually nil, but... So <sighs> many emails now that I get that they all start out so personal and friendly. Hi, Dan. I hope you had a great weekend, because this will be on Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Hope you had a great weekend. I know right away when I see that in the little preview that I can delete it, because no, no living person that I know would ever say those words to me. No yeah. person I have ever met who knows Nobody me. that I have a regular relationship with talks like that. Yeah. Somebody and if, like and the, the lady who cuts my hair asks me questions like that. Right. But she's not emailing that to you and mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get out of there. And the other thing that I always find interesting is there really after the first couple sentences, then it's immediately <clears throat> the advertising jargon, the the typical BS that you find in every single spam of, you know, this person should be a guest on your show or you should sign up for this thing or let me tell you about an amazing new breakthrough in, you know, advertising SEO or whatever it is that they're trying to. But these things must work. I mean, they're so cheap to send out that if they get one bite in a, in 5,000, it's cost effective for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little distracted because I'm looking as I so rarely do, I'm looking at my spam folder, yeah. and I've started. What do you started, use for for capturing of the spam? I just mark it as spam in my Gmail client app, a Spark or uh, AirMail or yeah. wherever I happen to be. Um, but like, it might be time for us to switch out the. Uh, oh, look at that! The truth about cannabis oil from CNN. Why am I receiving this? Ew! Ew! The truth. Yeah. Knowledge. Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Truth. Mm, get I hard th- for your wife. I had Again, to rent out this trick. private jet mm-hmm. to get from here to conference I'm doing with other millionaires. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had to I had to charter this jet. Are you are you, do you watch his videos? All the time, yeah. You're kidding. Every morning from <gasps> six AM to ten PM. Huh. No, I've, I, mean, I have watched them. I don't recommend them. They make, they make me very uncomfortable. I like, but that's a good kind of un- discomfort. I want to know, like, when he's sitting there on the runway, uh, did he did he have to charter the jet? And who are these people that are with him? Because the, the men that are there look uh, like they're from all walks of life, which I like. The women are very pretty, and they just sort of sit. They don't, no one reacts no one says anything. It's not like he's got like a hype man there. He's like, yeah, yeah. It's just, they're just sort of sitting there all looking a little bit stoned. Mm. And he, I had, I had to charter this jet. And I don't think he really charted the jet to go anywhere. I think he just chartered it on the runway for a little while. Like how much would it cost to get a, just, uh, you know, 10, 10, 15 minutes of filmage. Put, put differently, you say to somebody, how much would you charge me to shoot some video in your plane? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all he did. I don't know. I mean, who knows? It's it's just um, I don't know. I don't know. I I just uh, that that kind of stuff just drives me crazy. He he just makes me uncomfortable. I should I should probably watch that more. I watch a lot of YouTube now. A lot of YouTube. You got the you got the red. Got the red. You I got the red? YouTube. 
YouTube bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot. I've also, I signed up for the, um, YouTube TV, but uh, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna stick with that. It's, it's an interesting idea that is not in the ecosystem. So you know about this, there's their new, uh, cable cutter option available in some areas you get, I don't even know how many channels I get. Uh, you get a fair number of channels, but you know, all the usual BS applies. Of course, there's no Apple TV app. Of course you can't airplay it. Mm. And like, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to watch TV on a, on a computer. But it, it sucks because it would it would be a very interesting option. I just I, I don't need another one of these eels on me. I did sign up for the 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 PVR option on Sling, which I should cancel anyway. And I still it's it's we're back to the same old problem. It works in some places and not in others, and it's not exposed everywhere. And I'm not really sure how different. So far, the main difference is you seems like you can watch it without commercials. It ah. seems like basically it's a version of the Hulu no commercial thing. But I don't know. I don't know. Long way to go. TV. Uh, Dan, did you want to tell me about something that you like? Sure thing. I can tell you about uh, our friends over at Casper. Casper. You're familiar with Casper. Oh, I'm so familiar with Casper. Maybe more familiar than me. I, uh, I spend time with Casper every day. Casper is a sleep brand that has created the one perfect mattress that they sell directly to consumers. That's a, a fancy word for me and you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have th- this whole commission-driven thing with the inflated prices and the, you have to go in, into some kind of mattress emporium and roll around on something that a million other people have, have rolled around on and say, yeah, that one will do. They They don't believe in that. They believe in making a really, really great mattress. They believe in selling it directly to us and they do that in a way that allows them to cut, save us all a whole bunch of money. Uh, once it gets there, you get a hundred nights to try to see if you like it. They're that confident in the mattress and they also know that you, you've got to be happy. You're going to be on this thing for uh, for a, a huge, huge percentage of your of your life. Well, if you're doing it right, that's going to be a third of your life. Third of your life. Third of your life. And these things are meant to last a long time. They care about that and they want you to have a really good experience. So they've made these things. Now, in addition to the mattresses now, they also make an adaptive pillow and some really, really great sheets. It's the whole package now. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, the, the mattresses combine memory foam for a wonderful surface with all these traditional, you know, the, the regular old school mattress stuff. It's all, all in one. It's a hybrid. So, hundred nights. I think I feel like that's fair. We um when we started doing ads for Casper, they sent me one. They sent. They said, "What do you want?" I said, "I want a king size mattress." Yeah. And uh, I can tell you, I'm looking right here through the magic of Gmail. We got ours on. Uh, Don't be creepy. August 29th, thousand fourteen, and uh, it's 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 terrific. I mean, it was it's so easy to buy. It's so easy to get. It just comes in a little box. You open it up. So that was a freebie. Thank you to Casper for that. But I mean, as uh, February, February, I bought my daughter uh, a twin size Casper because she kept saying to us for two years, could you please <laughs> cut your mattress in half so that I could have one of these? I said, that's not really a thing we're going to do. Eventually got her one. She loves it. And it, it, it's, it's just the best. I'm glad we didn't spend a ton of money. I'm glad we didn't have to go to a showroom and go through all that stuff. Yeah. I, 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 I can recommend this mattress. Well, we have a special deal, $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash it's your show. 
and you'll use that it's your show promo code. You'll get 50 bucks toward any mattress. They want me to tell you terms and conditions apply. Uh, whatever that means. I don't think I don't I don't care what it means. It means go get I think a mattress. It's, it's true for most things in life that there are terms and there are conditions and they almost always apply. Anyway, I, I think everyone who's in the market for mattress and here's the other thing I want to I want to tell you this when you get home today. Or the next time that you uh, you wash your linens, when you bring the the sheets and stuff off the mattress, look at it. it if if there's any kind of indentation at all, um, and I'm not joking when I say this, your mattress is way too old. There are a lot hmm. of people out there who are sleeping on a mattress that's just way too old. I was talking to my uh, the doctor who I go to, who's helped me get on that track of like rehabbing my back and getting it strong and everything was, she was telling me that so many people are sleeping on a mattress that's older. And if you can actually see that it kind of an indentation happening on it, then it's way far gone by that point. So, you know, take a look, you, you might have, uh, might be very surprised that, that you're on a mattress. that's not giving the kind of support that you need for that third that's, of your that's life. An ex, that's an excellent tip. The, the funny thing with the Casper is like when we got it, you know, we started sleeping on it. I was like, yeah, this is nice. I like this. Yeah. The real, the real story though, was whenever I would go anywhere else and I would go, this mattress is not my <laughs> mattress. I really, it's, I think it's probably the first time in my life I can think of, cause I'm not really, I don't obsess about mattresses. I don't think about it that much, right. but it's the first time where like I've had a mattress where I said, I wish, I wish I had my mattress here. And that my mattress is Casper. I'm just gonna have to run with that. There you go. Casper.com slash it's your show. Thank you, Casper. Fuck, fuck. That's it. We got, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying that that's it. Oh, and I, I had, uh, I had one thing that happened right before the show that I want to talk about because it's is a this puzzle. Your, is, your, is this your cricket? Yeah. So after, okay. after you're through with that, we can, if no, there's go ahead. time. Let's hear cricket. Well, you know, I was, I was getting ready to do the show as I often do. And I was here in front of the, the computer, uh, typing, looking at things on my screen and I felt a gentle tap on my back, which if you work in an office with other people, not a weird thing to happen. Uh, however, the other person that I work with in this office is on the opposite end of the room sitting at their desk and no, no one could be behind me because my chair is only Ooh. about a foot and a half from the wall. Creepy. Very creepy. And so at first it was one of those things where I said to myself, you imagined that, but in the same way that I, I understand wherein there can be a spider and potentially can cause a spider into being, think a spider mm -hmm. into being, I felt like there was something different. It wasn't just my imagination. And in fact, there was a presence there. And I knew right away it wasn't a spider. So I felt hmm, be, because of your, 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 your spidey conjuring. No, sense. I can, yes, I can, I can tell you when there's a spider, no problem. Just twice mm -hmm. last week, I was able to, to know where one was before I had even entered the room. I could tell there was one there. That's very, very strange, Dan. Yeah. And Do you think of it as a, is a gift or a curse for you? I mean, it's a gift in the sense that I, it helps me avoid them, but it's a curse because I don't, if, if one's out of the way, I don't need to know about it, but I still do. So anyway, I, I knew this wasn't a spider, so I stayed calm. And I mm -hmm. just sort of, in one motion, sort of swung out of the chair and around to the other side of the desk to see what it was. And it was, a, a, I would say it's about a two, almost a two-inch black cricket. 
Ugh. But not we have these giant Texas crickets that it's sure seem, it's not a grackle, Dan. No, okay. it, these things sort of at certain times a year, not every year, they will sort of, for lack of a better term, they will swarm. But they're not flying. They're they're just in huge piles, mounds of them on the ground. This doesn't happen every year, every couple of years. And I guess they're mating or something horrible. Where Maybe it's like a cicada type situation where yeah, they only breed every few years. I don't know what it is, but you'll see tons and tons and tons of them. And they'll be, you know, you'll have to be sweeping them out of the, you know, department stores will be sweeping them out. It's really weird. So I, this is that kind of cricket. Ugh. But where, I don't know where it came from. Except that there's one vent that's up over the ceiling, sort of over where I sit. And now I'm convinced that there's crickets going to be dropping out of the vent. Hmm. So the whole time I'm, I'm a little, if I seem distracted today, it's because I keep looking up at this vent to see if there's crickets in there coming out. Oh, God. That's so harrowing. I, I apologize if I'm a little distracted, but I keep, what is that? Is there a cricket coming out? What is it up there? I don't think there's a cricket. Well, where did this one come from if not up there? You don't think it could just be an outlier? Maybe it snuck in in a grocery bag or something? I mean, yeah, anything's possible, but it's not. It's not like there's a lot saw, of foot traffic saw, in my little office here. If you saw three, that would be a trend. Well, I'm looking you for know, number just, two and number three right now, and I don't know where they're. Couldn't it just be one? I mean, you know, yes, but that's could not. Could be one cricket? Here it, there are two. It, yeah. It could it could be just one, but the problem is, what if it's not? If I saw three, then I'd be fine. I'd be relaxed because I know there were a lot. Then of what them. happens? And then what happens? There'd be a lot of crickets. And I wouldn't care about it. I say, all right, we just got happens? a lot. Of How do you feel about that? Yeah, I could do this all day. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Also, Handmaid's Tale. Oh, brother! I'm on epi- I just finished episode two last night. Oh my god! What a show! It's it's stunning. It's I, I feel like I'm going to be thinking about this show for a very long time. It is very much in that category. I think I saw you tweet something about this when you were talking about it. Right. You you put it up there with Lost and some of the other uh, shows like that that had these just really fine moments. Uh, and this one's delivering. Well, in a big I, way. I well, I said what I think what I said was like Lost, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, there's these certain shows where the first episode is is so accomplished. Right. Maybe the and kind of the wire. The wire doesn't really get super good until like five or six episodes in. It's good from the beginning, but but there are but there are shows there or The Walking Dead would be another. There are shows like that that uh, you go back and watch two, three, four years into the run. And for myself, I'm a really good first episode. I'm almost always blown away with how much stuff is in the first episode that I thought came like later in the season, but. That, that to me represents like great world building, great storytelling to get enough story in there where, you know, you feel like by the time you're done with the first episode, you're so steeped in this, right. in this world. Right. And I think Walking Dead was great at that. Loss is great at that, obviously. But uh, this one also, I mean, it's just given our political climate right now, it's been a very interesting, uh, uh, let's put it this way, having watched the first episode twice now and having seen all three, I watched it with my wife the other night uh, for, uh, for a second time. But uh, it's um, I find it impossible uh, to not have that be a lens for how I see so much going on right now. Um, and not, not to make this about politics, but right. I mean, it's not really about politics. It's about life. Life, you know, it's <laughs> uh, it's become unfashionable to, to enjoy the movie Idiocracy. But there, there are certain kinds of things that come along where you're like, wow, that's 
a really interesting like wackadoo uh-huh. stretch on kind of a thing that's going on. Yeah. And then yep. a few years go by and you're like, ooh, mm, maybe that wasn't that crazy. But I uh, yeah, I, I I love the cast. I love the way it looks. And and for the one of the first times in my life, I can honestly say like the voiceover is what makes it. Like mm. how often can you actually point to the voiceover not just improving, but changing the nature of the show. If you had right. that show without her voiceover, it would be a different show. Yeah, it really would. And the way that it's integrated, the way that, that she'll drop a comment that is in the voiceover uh, is just perfect. It's just great. Yeah, I, uh, I highly recommend it. Not for kids. It's very upsetting uh, and very hard to watch. Just, you know, the third episode is really rough. Oh, that's um, what I'm going to watch tonight, I think. Yeah. It's got Rory Gilmore in it. Okay. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. What else did I watch recently that I loved? Love and Fargo. Um, trying to think what else. Started reading The Phantom Tollbooth last night. Phantom Tollbooth. After many, many recommendations from people, it just keeps popping up over and over again. And I finally started, I picked that up and started reading it to my daughter last night. It's a very interesting book. That's the picture chat. with the, the cover has the dog with, or the the is it a rabbit is a dog some kind of animal with a clock on it am i imagining that's the, that's the watchdog and right, hold on i'm gonna google this get it watch there dog. it is. yes i get it there it is it's yeah. not what i expected at all i i thought it would be for much younger readers and so far three chapters in she wanted to read a lot more last night but it was nine um it's uh it's just you know three chapters in it feels like Oh, what's the allegory? The allegory book, not the Canterbury Tales. What's the one with the sloth of despond and all of that? The allegory story you read in English lit. It's very allegorical combined with like Alice in Wonderland. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. I can see why people like this book so much. Age appropriate for a nine, ten year old? So far. Yeah, there's no hangings or anything in it yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Cutting funding. So that's a good TV show. Mm-hmm. Got the CBD oil. I got my Mac. We got feedback from listener James. Yeah. Listener James writes, uh, addressing you. This is follow up on look left, go left. Yes. I got a bunch uh, of re- responses from that. Oh, well, f- you want to take this? No, you you do this. and, and I'll- I'm just going to read what he said in the email. Yeah. Uh, Dan was talking about how he's still turning over in his mind a phrase that, uh, was it your driver's ed teacher? or Yeah, yeah like driving lessons. Some driving then. instructor yep. said, would say, look left, go left. Look like left, was, go left. Yeah. But in a way that it seemed like it was very obvious to that guy what it meant. And it sounds like it's still, it's a koan. Uh-huh. You know, what is the sound of one car driving? <laughs> right, like you're, right. you're still turning it over in your mind. Uh-huh. It's very zen, like chocolate. Listener James writes to say, look left, go left. I think Dan's driving teacher was trying to caution him to pay attention to what is straight ahead. If you look left, the car will veer to the left. Interesting. Experienced drivers can look to the left while keeping the car going straight, but new drivers have trouble with this. The way Dan said it, it sounds like he thinks he was being given instruction, first look left, then go left. But I think his phrase meant, if you look left, then you will go left. Uh, I mean, I... I don't feel like he's wrong, uh, but he's also, I don't think, completely correct because we were at we were at a stop sign when we were doing this, if I remember right. It, we weren't driving and in motion, and he was saying, you're going to do a left turn now. Look left, go left. It was hmm. sort of in, in that way. Not like, 
we're driving. And by the way, if you look left, you're going to go. It wasn't a, a cautionary, a lookout kind of a thing. I've had a lot of people tweet to me about things that it could mean. Uh, a lot of good suggestions, a lot of people saying, oh, I think this is what it means. I, I haven't stumbled on any that really sort of comp- explains it to my satisfaction. Uh, I will say that the guy was really weird. His comb over was really weird. Mm. He had a very short temper. If I made any kind of mistake, any kind of mistake, he would immediately grab his own you know, wheel and gas and say, okay, sit back, sit back. And he would yeah. you know, drive around on his own. He had sort of a big paunch. Hmm. And uh, I mean, not that I, I don't hold that against him. Mm-mm. But, yeah, you, you do though. Well, yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. You're right. Um, I, it occurred to me that I could go to an internet search engine and search for in quotes "look left, go left," What's and the results, <laughs> the results coming up are about motorcycles and parachutes. Okay, and maybe maybe that's what it was about. Well, it's a bit. Apparently, this is a motorcycling thing. Okay, that's uh, several people on Twitter told me that. Okay, what did they say? They said it's a motorcycle. <laughs> Is that right? Look yeah. left, go left is a motorcycle. Yeah, I said that on Twitter. Yes. All right. I my motorcycle instructor told me that. Motorcycle instructor. I guess we can close the bug. Look left, yeah. go left. Yeah. Hmm. Look left, go left. Look left, go left. Um, I have uh, I have a couple uh, questions from listeners that I would like to answer. Do you have any other stuff you want to talk about before we uh, sally forth? I don't. I don't think so. Do you want to, are you testing the CBD oil? You want to reserve judgment on that or? Um, I am. I'm testing it extensively. Uh, and so far, uh, I, I, I'm, this is, I'm, I'm being st- straight. I'm not, I'm not trying to advocate any position here. So far, the effects that I have gotten from the CBD oil are nothing significant enough or consistent enough that I could write it down to, that I couldn't say it's placebo effect. I was expecting it to do more. And so I started taking more, expecting uh-huh. it to do more. And just knowing that my tolerance for whatever your word is, hemp. Right. It, my tolerance for marijuana stuff is very low. I avoid it completely. Right. I was I, I, I was very judicious in how I first tried it. But I've gone up to like three, four droppers and uh, of the 25 level stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like it might have an effect, but I'm not sure. I feel like I might have slept better, but I haven't done enough and it's super costly yeah it's really expensive so i i'm not sure how long i will let the experiment run right but uh no but i want to give it a go because uh, it's so pointless to try and search the internet for anything no, it useful. really is i mean but there's like, a, there's enough studies that have been done on the effects of it that i'm confident that it's not a placebo effect just based on i, I well i'm not saying that it was but here's the other thing look at something like caffeine right right and caffeine has a very well-documented effect on people. Very. Well, well, how is it that some people are so sensitive to caffeine that, you know, I've had friends who feel like they can detect caffeine in what was supposedly decaf coffee. I, who knows? But there are, there are those people who are convinced. There are people who are definitely very sensitive to it. There are other people that um, have to take more and more of it, drink more coffee to get the effect. But like, you know, that's, that's, everybody knows how caffeine work, but, works, but that doesn't change the fact that its effects still differ, right? Do, do you follow? Much. Yes. Yeah. Or like pain relievers. Like, you know, I, uh, I think I'm kind of resistant to pain relievers. Like when I got a wisdom tooth taken out, I was like, nope, please give me more, more really? everything, please. Oh yeah, I still feel that. Yep, yeah, please, please, please. Um, so I don't know. Like I say, I'll, I'll keep going with it. Um, 
There are but, people uh, who who gen- who just don't respond in as visible of a way or as noticeable of a way is a better term for it, not just to this, but to lots of things. And my wife is one of those. She can have coffee and it, it even two, three cups of coffee won't, won't make her jumpy or jittery at all. Wow. You know, and like it might keep her up late if she were to have it late in the day, but like she could have a cup or two of coffee and it just, you know, she's like mostly the same. Whereas I, I mean, now I'm off caffeine, but even back when I was having it, uh, uh, there was a big difference for me between one cups of coffee and no cups of coffee. Um, oh, huge. huge. Yeah. If I, unless I know I need to be awake, want to be awake, have to be awake at nine or 10 o'clock. Uh, I don't have coffee after usually one. Right. I'll have that Guayusa tea usually, which is really good. Not as, um, overstimulating, but no, you're, that's, that's, that's so, a you know, but she, she has been trying the CBD oil, taking it once in the morning, once in the afternoon or evening. And she hasn't really noticed any kind of effect from it whatsoever. She hasn't noticed anything at all. Um, I've noticed sig- some significant differences and, and I will say that I have tried a handful of other things over the years and typically with tons of hope and belief that something would help or work and having it do absolutely nothing and being frustrated. Especially just to, be, just to clarify for folks who didn't hear, talking about this uh, cannabis oil, yeah. it's not pot. It's not the part that gets you high. Right. It's the part that provides other symptoms. And so it's been – it's this. please do your own due diligence. Don't just go take powders because you heard about it on a podcast. <laughs> for God's sake, I cannot have this on me. But, um, but it is purported to be good. For it could potentially be good for things like epilepsy, uh, anxiety, OCD, um, kinds of disorders is is what people are using it for. Exactly, exactly. And right. you've seen some effects in the two three weeks you've been using it. Tremendous, tremendous. Hmm. And Super interesting. Also, pain relief. That was the other one. Pain relief one for pain sure. Relief. I'll take it after I work out. After I do a hard huh. workout, and I'll have uh, much much less soreness the next day. Um, you know, again. It, it's something that people should, if this is interesting to them, read about it, may, maybe try it out. A lot of people were asking where I got uh, mine and which one I like. I put the, a link to that in the show notes for today. So you can go there and I just called it Dan's CBD Recommendations. That's and it. also that same company also sells uh, hemp oil for dogs. For dogs too. Calm the dog down. C-D- CW Paws. Calm the dog down. And the FAQs, are there any side effects from giving my dog CW hemp extract oil? Can I use CW hemp extract oils for my cat? And they say, to date, our experience as a company is with humans and dogs. However, if you decide to try uh, this for your cat, please contact your veterinarian Mm -hmm. or the realm of caring, which, hmm, the realm of caring, the realm of caring. Oh, it's a 501c3 uh, about cannabinoid therapy, realm of caring. They're having a golf tournament, June twenty second. Bear Dance Golf Club, Larkspur, Colorado. Nice Pop- popcorn nugs pricing. So you know the saga continues. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get expensive really fast though. If if I do this at any kind of like a attack dose, woo! Because you know, uh, some some of the internet idiots say that like you have to take it for a while. That's got some kind of cumulative effect. Other people say you feel it. You should feel it the first time you take it. I don't know. I felt I, it the first time, the very first time that I took it. I took it with a great deal of skepticism, thinking that it would do very little for me, and I was surprised that I felt it right away. Uh, mm-hmm. And I almost feel like if if 
if you are the type of person who maybe will respond positively to it, maybe you feel it right away. And if you're the kind of person like my wife, maybe, yeah, maybe it's like, you. like hypnosis, like how suggestible are you? Right. Maybe. And do you, have, you don't have any financial stake in this company, do you? I mean, it's a small investment by typical angel mm. terms. Um, okay. It's, an, you know, right. it's an eight figure investment, but hmm. eight figures. Yeah. It's a lot of figures. Yeah. Jiminy Christmas. No, well, I I'll, uh, I'll report back. Let you know how it goes. All right. Um, anything else up front? How far in? We're doing pretty good. This is going to be a bright and tight episode. Yeah, get in, let's, get out. let's get it, get it in, get it out quick. Hmm. Hmm. One and done. Um, I liked this question a lot from, may I, may I continue? Go ahead, caller. Thank you. Uh, first time Molly, uh, listener Molly. Uh, I love her question. Uh, it's about becoming a morning person. Uh, listener Molly writes, I have recently transitioned from corporate stooge, your, your words, from corporate stooge to someone who works for themselves doing what they love. Yay, Molly. Actually, I genuinely credit. Oh, she's being nice here. Okay, so jumping down. Compliments aside, I, I still do have to get up pretty early in the morning, a necessity of the trade, and I've never been a morning person. I'm cranky and disorganized, and it's a bummer to everyone who lives with me, including myself. I had thought that once I was doing my quote-unquote dream job, I would leap out of bed at the break of dawn, start my day with a spring in my step. This is good writing. Alas, this is not the case. By noon, I am always thinking, man, I love my job and my life, but until then, I'm an underworld troll. <laughs> it is ridiculous that I start most mornings wishing I could just get back in bed when I really enjoy doing my work. My question to you guys is, do you have any advice about starting the day with calmness and intention instead of running out the door like a maniac? Question from listener Molly. Mm -hmm. It's a good question. And it's hard. Calmness. Calmness and intention. And intention. There's lots of parts. I mean, there's, there's, there's different parts to this. Um, I mean, one of the things is I, I feel like I'm, I'm sensing, uh, well, she says as much that this is causing her stress that yes. she doesn't, that, you know, this is a condition. She doesn't like it being this way. She doesn't like that. She is like this and she feels bad about it. It sounds like potentially the knock on effects are not nearly as bad probably as how she feels about it. Maybe. What do you, I mean, don't you think? Yeah, I definitely do. I think there's definitely a feeling that, that of discontent would be a good word. So she didn't say what it is that she's doing. She doesn't need to. But I, I mean, I, I guess my first question would be before you start trying to solve this problem is to figure out if it's a problem and how much of a problem it is. Because just because you're not doing what everybody else does doesn't make you bad or wrong. Uh, now, that said, if this is a condition of the kind of work, if you're in like finance and like you need to be up at a certain time because that's when the East Coast starts, et cetera. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, you know, you know what that is, listener Molly. Right. But but I would do two bits of self-appraisal before trying to address it. And I do have answers for how to fix this because I know these things. <laughs> but uh, the first would be like, is it really a problem? I mean, is it a problem every day? Do you need to be up at the crack every day? And if you do, then jump straight to the like, here's how we fix this. But I would first say like, well, you know, with the kind of job you have, is there a chance that there's a meeting, like a conference call that you have to be on two days a week? I would just be canny and honest about figuring out how much of a problem it actually is to you and to others. Um, I personally, I think when you're working on your own, there is a lot of benefit to getting up early. Uh, real ways that you can sort of um, capitalize on that, especially if you're working from home, you can end up having like a very, very productive, you can have a more productive day before most people even get to the office if that's something that you decide to undertake. Right. But don't you agree, like, like first figure out like how big a problem this is. 
Yeah, I mean, some of it could just be perception that it's more of a problem than than it actually is. Right. You know, what I'm saying that 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 it's about. You feel like a layabout, or if you know, you feel you feel lazy, or you're you comparing like, you're comparing yourself to your perception of what someone else does or claims to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it sounds like obviously she does think this is a problem. She wrote to us. With that said, you know, ask yourself how big of a problem it really is. And then I would also just be canny about this kind of gets into the whole scheduling and calendar thing. But, you know, do you need to be up early every day? Do you want to be? Do you, you, know, do you need to be up early every day? Because in the end, one of the things I'm going to talk about is working on your sleep schedule. And a big part of a sleep schedule, if, you, if it is something that you undertake, is to make it a schedule. Which means, as we'll get to in a second, by hook or by crook, you're going to go to bed mostly around the same time, and you're going to get up mostly around the same time. I, I think I think it could be argued that as important as getting n hours of sleep is having a semi regular sleep schedule. Totally agree. What, whatever that is. Um, I mean, I don't I don't have any papers in front of me. I don't have any scholarship on that. But I, I think your body probably wants some sort of regularity, you know, some patterns. You know. Uh, there's lots of reasons why travel and jet lag are so disruptive to our body, but not least which like your organs don't know what continent it's on. And like there are ways to help with that, you know, obviously with light and eating and exercise and bedtimes and all of those things. But, um, you know, if it is if it is a problem, then just to continue a little bit here, if it is a problem, decide which parts of it are a problem. Make sure you can really isolate. I don't mean to beat it to death, but make sure you're not just you know, being hard on yourself. And if you are being hard on yourself, figure out why. Is it the appearance? Is it like a, you know, is it something where you've been late for meetings and you're worried that's affecting your career? Like be rational about why this is a thing that needs to change. And that will help you govern which parts of your life you need to change in order to accomplish the thing that you want, you know? Yeah. And I think there's, again, the thing that, that one, you know, back to the whole Buddhist thing is, when I remember uh, your your friend Gil Fronstall used to talk a lot about comparing yourself, comparing yourself to others, and he he would say the simple way to keep from uh, having those feelings is just don't compare yourself to other people. And it sounds almost silly, you know. It it almost sounds like well, duh, of course that's the easy way. But I mean, if you really think about it, how much of what we are doing in a given day. How many of the purchases that we make, how much of our schedule uh, or our life's goals are based on, well, this person has this and, yeah. and, and I, I guess I should have that, or this person does this and I don't want to do that as opposed to determining from yourself, from your own internal compass, what are the right things for me? What are the things that, that I should be doing and what's right for this particular situation that I'm in right now? Not just me as a person, but me in this situation. And, you know, it's so easy to beat yourself up about something that you believe is wrong or incorrect or not the right way to be doing something. You'll start really noticing that. Yeah. And it will really amplify in your perception if you decided that's something. I think you're onto something, though, and I think maybe almost as bad. So you're describing here the Gil Fransdahl thing. You know, maybe try not to compare yourself to others or realize when you're comparing yourself to others. 
similar to that though, or, or I guess bouncing off of that, I think an even worse thing that we do is we're not even comparing ourselves to one person. Like if you were comparing yourself always to this one same person, you could eventually be rational about understanding your differences, uh, more or less privilege, more or less opportunity, more or less friends, like whatever. Like if you just compared yourself to one person, that would still be weird. But at least that has some sensibility. I think the darker thing that happens is we compare ourselves to this aggregated profile of all the people who are good which makes it very, very slippery to try and figure out what to improve about that because you're basically just guessing about all the ways that everybody is better than you. And you'll always find a way to see other people who have more, do more, are right, more. Of course, there will always be. There will always be. And this, and this, I, I've slightly maybe misinterpreted this, but this gets back to a point I mentioned, uh, I think a few months ago, uh, Patrick Rothfuss talking about the idea of trying to not compare your backstage to somebody else's on stage. Uh, and, and the notion that, you know, you know, you know how the sausage gets made in your life to an excruciating level of detail. But if you're like in an extreme example, like you're going, gosh, why am I not as smart as the guy with that Ted talk, that Ted talk that that person probably rehearsed after having years of expertise in what they do. Well, be careful who you compare yourself to, because if you're always looking at other people's on stage, if you're not, and I'm not even saying to go and overanalyze, but if you're comparing yourself to some sort of like you know, uh, profile of all the best and brightest in the world, you're always going to find yourself lacking. I, I agree that it's not that useful to compare yourself unless there is a reason you're doing that that is very valuable. I think you can't help but do that sometimes at work where you go, hmm, this person seems to be having consistently better fortune in this company than me. I wonder why that is. And that might be as, you know, sort of simple and naive as just going like, oh, you know, they work hard, they're here on time. You, then you start wondering like, oh, I wonder if somebody's sleeping with somebody. I wonder if that's because they're related somehow and you come up with all these ideas. But, you know, the bottom line is like for me, that is rarely a very fruitful route to take. I, there's not a lot of great stuff that has come out of comparing myself to others, right. except in as much as I might say, I, mean, I have certainly had many times in the past said, I really like that person. I admire that person. I would like that person to like and admire me for the same reasons I do them. That, that to me can be very inspiring. If you want to write well because you want good writers to like you, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then also going like, well, I didn't get invited to the Apple event. Like not a good look. Like that's not a good way to be. So if we've gotten through that part, I'm almost done with this. But uh, so listener Molly, if you, uh, this is more, uh, as Dan would say, the practical component. But I think there are some things you can do uh, if you've decided, let's say for the sake of argument, you've decided that most of the days of the week, it really would be beneficial to your career and your sanity um, to be up earlier, not feeling bad about it, feeling alert, not feeling like a underworld troll. Um, and I'm, everything I've got here is super obvious, but it's worth trying. Um, first of all, like, you know, yeah, set yourself to this. If, if you're saying from now on, this is the kind of person I'm going to be, I'm going to be the kind of person who gets up at this certain time and feels good about it. And like, even maybe start with something as simple as a visualization, but you know, don't catastrophize it. This is doable, right? And you could even just try this for two weeks, but you know, I think it's worth doing. So setting yourself to that, it, now it's all about infrastructure and planning, I think, uh, mostly. Uh, and then, you know, being consistent in the implementation of whatever that infrastructure is. This is this is such a key to success with just about anything is having an infrastructure and then sticking with it. But a, pe a lot of people leave off the infrastructure. So what's an example here? Well, yeah. if you wake up 
and it's an hour and a half later than you wanted it to be, and you've hit snooze a bunch of times, and now, oh God, Morning Edition isn't even on anymore. What time is it? You, you know, that's not a great way to start the day. And so, you know, some simple things would be think about what it is that you're going to have to do in the morning for work. Sure. For your life, though, are, are you going to take a shower? Do you have do you have clean clothes? Is Do you have to get a kid off to school? Like whatever that is, take all of that into account and to the extent possible prep the days and nights before. This makes such a huge difference. I mean, something as stupid as in our case, if we know it's going to be an early, busy morning, the coffee's already set up. We're ready to go. We're ready to pour two cups of coffee in the morning as soon as we wake up. Uh, which also then, something I'll get to in a minute, is that that becomes a reward also. Like, I like getting up and having that coffee. But, you know, the infrastructure part means before you even get into changing your sleep patterns, start trying to create an environment where you know what you have to do in the morning and you don't dread it. Hmm. Because if you don't know what you have to do, or you think you might and you kind of dread it, this is going to be a very difficult process. So, you know, morning you and evening you are very different minds, I think, for most of us. But have evening mind be someone who's thinking ahead and looking out for a brother or a sister in this case. So that could be stuff like putting out your clothes uh, and knowing what you're going to do. Something I used to do, again, this is an old trick, but a very simple task that I could accomplish in a short period of time that's not stressful, I'd put that on an index card and leave that on my chair. That's the first thing I need to do in the morning. So if you're, if you're getting up for a meeting, be prepped for that meeting the night before. You know, have some bullet points and be ready. But uh, does that make sense? Infrastructure? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's it's a fancy word for something that listening to you describe it, I think, makes a lot of sense. It's that you want to take a lot of the stress, I think, that we create for ourselves when we're trying to is comes from that sort of anticipation when we're trying to say, oh, we're going to need to do this or I, I have to go and do this thing tomorrow. And that thing that I have to do. Maybe it's not even out of the ordinary. You know, maybe it becomes like, for example, on the days that I have a workout in the morning, I know that I need, I'm going to need like the little protein shake thing and a big bottle of water. And so I'll just the evening before fill those things up, get them ready to go. And then they're right, they're right there by the door in the morning when I need to, you know, and it's like, that's one less thing that I don't have to, Oh, I got to remember to do this. Right. So anytime, even, even the part, part of saying, I'll just set a reminder for myself. Well, why set a reminder if at nine 30 at night when I'm just in the kitchen anyway, you know, just set these things aside and they'll, they'll be done. I'll never forget it. And it's one less thing I have to think about streamlines right. all process. And, and, and make that a habit. Like don't do that one time. Right. And, and so what, I think what you may discover if one does this, so I think an interesting thing starts to happen, which is you stop thinking of your life as this groundhog day where you start over every morning and you start seeing everything on much more of a continuum. Right. You know, it's a little, little bit arrival. So like you, you, so if you get in the habit of thinking about, gosh, I wonder, I wonder what I'll have to do tomorrow morning. Can I prep for that? You know, can I have all these things that are going to make this easier for me? You may also then discover as you adopt that style of thinking, you may also start realizing that, hmm, toward the end of your working day, you get a little itch and like, oh, there's some things I need to wrap up. There's some things I need to plan for. We'll start listening to that voice and start seeing this stuff as more of a continuum and less of like these hard stops. I mean, you need the hard stops if you're working for yourself and working from home. Like you need to adopt some systems that will allow you to bifurcate your work and life. Otherwise you get a little crazy. But um, the funny part is everything we're describing here, these would be, and, and forgive me, Molly, if you're already doing these things and I'm being condescending, but all the things we're describing right here, this is all stuff you can do without changing your sleep pattern. Just as a right. first step, before you change anything, get better organized about not dreading the morning. That's 
probably a good a good thing. So now, if if you do nothing else but add the infrastructure, you keep getting up, get up at noon for all I care. Well, now when you get up at noon, you're going to be less stressed out about all the other parts. Because now on top of the bad feeling, now you have the actual like, ah, what am I supposed to be doing? Right. So, you know, and I, I, infrastructure does sound like a fancy word, but when you become an infrastructure nerd, uh, it doesn't seem that fancy. It's just like our old thing about like, if you want to eat better, stop buying crappy food. You know, there's all kinds of sort of life hacks that you can do that will like help you move in the direction you want to go rather than that well-trodden path that you've walked a thousand times. Well, what you said about making it a habit, I think, I think is the most important part of this. It's that you know, if there are certain things that you find that you need to do, you can get in the habit of doing those things. You create a little system or routine for yourself, and then you won't forget anything. You won't make any mistakes. You won't even have to think about it. Uh, it'll just, you'll sort of be on autopilot. If you set the bag that you need to take right there, like you do in front, by the door every time, you know, if you, uh, if you put the the drink there from the days you have a workout it just it becomes an automatic thing you don't even have to think about it so when you're going to leave in the morning all of a sudden you don't need to be scrambling around like crazy to get out the door at a certain time it's more oh you know what it, it only takes me 15 minutes now to get ready because i've done this stuff ahead of time by doing things ahead of time it, it's so stupid but like when you do it oh, you it makes feel such like, a difference like the champion of the world you also remind me of something. This is really embarrassing, but I'm, I'm going to mention this thing I've started doing, which is, you know, you get to a certain age and you do that thing. You talked about the doorway effect where you go into a room and you're like, what? Why am I here? And like you may remember one thing, but you forget there was actually two or three other things. Think here in my case, things like things to drop off at school, things to pick up at work, all these different things. So I've started doing this thing. This is really dumb. I've started doing this thing I call the preposition run, which is like when I am interacting with an object. I will sometimes have the presence of mind to go, are there any prepositions with regard to this thing that I'm doing right now that I ought to be thinking about right now? This is not so different from IBM's slogan for years, which was just think. Just remember to think. So when I go into a room, I go, oh, that's right. I'm here to get my glasses. Stop. Do a preposition run. Are there any ands? Are there any ofs? Are there any buys? Are there any nears? Like it, while I'm here, is there any th- anything else I need to be doing in this room? Why am I getting glasses? I'm getting glasses because I want to go watch TV. This sounds silly, but try this. Uh, even if you're not old like me, it can be very <laughs> useful to do that and say like, I mean, how many times has this happened where you like you remember the one thing, but you forget the two other things or you forget going back to last week's episode, the dependency. Oh, there's this other thing that I need to do. And that reminds me I need to do this. And you don't have to make yourself a crazy person, but if you're about to go on vacation or you're about to like, you know, go on a car trip or anything like that, this doing a little preposition run can be a way to say, is there anything related to this, anything on an angle from this, anything orthogonal to this that I need to be thinking about? Because that, you know, your brain, it's got all that stuff in there somewhere. It's just that it, I think it wants a little help. It wants a little infrastructure. It wants a little teaser reminder. And like if you're feeling that the kinds of stuff that you're doing are so dumb that like it's just only a simple-minded person would do it, I bet you are on a path to improvement that might be very surprising to you. Treat yourself like a dummy sometimes and the rewards are immense. Preposition run. Does that, did that make sense kind I, of? I kind of, yeah. I've never well, thought of it like it's that just, before. Well, here's a, here's a really... Here's a really simple example. This isn't too personal, but a lot of times I have to remember things related to school things or my daughter's school stuff in general. It's on us to to remember these things. So uh, before I go to before I go to pick her up, 
I sometimes like, I'll go wander around. Like, oh, what am I doing? I got my car keys. Okay. Any, any other prepositions here? Oh, you know what? I should bring a pen. Like I, I took my pen out of my pocket when I came home. Why do I need a pen? Because I need to sign her out. And they don't always have a pen there. And have it's a dumb thing, right? But now I got a pen. I don't have to look for a pen. Really, really silly stuff. Okay, good. Good, good for you. You got your keys. You got a pen. Any other prepositions? Any other angles? Anything you should be thinking about? Oh, that's right. The bottle of um, antibiotics that we have at home is getting low. And the one that's at school still has lots. I should see if I can swap that out. Right dumb stuff but like and then i get to school and i go i use my pen and i sign her out and i i always think to myself anything else you know what go check lost and found because anything that's in lost and found once the thing you know once a month they like basically sell everything in lost and found it's just a dumb way of having these little reminders these do not have to be on your lady in a tube they don't have to be on your phone it's just it's more of a mindset of saying like anything else here and you will, I discover frequently, too much to my chagrin, surprise, and shock, that yeah, there is other stuff I should be thinking about right now. And just remembering to remember is a huge part of that. Remembering to remember. And then, as far as now what to do, if you've decided, so you got your home life, your morning life all squared away, you're going to be very organized and ready to get going in the morning. You're going to do what you can to minimize stress. Then how do you work on the sleep stuff? We've talked about this so much, but let's let's do some of the greatest hits. You and I both are dark bedroom people. Yeah, absolutely. Every, your bed. every source of light, gone. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go on about this because there's plenty out there. I think the most difficult part about that, so, you know, and this means stuff like you might want to have fewer screens an hour or two before bedtime. Try try everything just to see what works for you. Um, I Little stuff, taking a walk. Taking a walk at the same time every night, especially you know, if you got to live, if you live alone and you're somewhere where you could walk, take a nice walk in the cool air. That can be really good. Even a little bit of light exercise can help. Um, I think the most difficult part, in some ways, well, apart from the repetition and getting it right, is deciding how to get started with going to bed and getting up at different times. I think that's very difficult because you have to unlearn a lot of your old life and take on this. Uh, artificial new life and kind of fake it till you make it. And so, you know, do your own due diligence. But I mean, there's at least two schools of thought on this. One is that the classic one is, well, set your alarm for six and don't hit snooze. Get up at six. And that works. Another one that I like better is to start adjusting your bedtime. And, and, uh, and, and yes, yes, you're going to sweat when you wake up. But at first, consider just changing your bedtime. And a really simple one is, Whenever you go to bed, start going to bed an hour earlier and see what time you wake up. Learn what your actual sleep patterns are. Um, before you jump into saying, oh, I want to be in bed at 7.30, like, I, I think start out a little slower. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think those changes stick when you try to be too radical about it. You can't, you can't force your wet wear uh, to do that. So I would say just start by going even an hour earlier. And then you can adjust like what time you get an alarm and stuff like that. But like your body is going to resist this at first and it's going to keep resisting it if it's not getting what it needs. And you may just be stressed out at a different time of day unless you get to some deeper issues about how your sleep is going. Right. Uh, other one, you know, I, I almost don't include this because it's silly, but um, apart from the reward that you get of knowing that you don't have to think about the morning – you could also try giving yourself some kind of a morning reward. That doesn't have to be food. That doesn't have to, it could be a fancy coffee. It could be something. But try to make something that you look forward to doing in the morning uh, that's within your time budget. 
And uh, that'll be something where you're, you're much more, much less resistant to getting up if you feel like there's something good coming. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said for when Bittersback, as I, after you said it, I was thinking about a little bit about going to bed and finding out exactly how much sleep you actually need. There, there, I'm one of those people who I will go to bed as late as I can uh, and still get enough sleep. But I found that if I go to bed an hour earlier, I'll just wake up an hour earlier. And there's mm-hmm. other people who I envy uh, who can go to bed an hour earlier and sleep an extra hour. And, uh, but it's important to know which kind of person you are, you know? Well, and it's, it's even more complicated. Uh, what you're saying is true, but I, in my experience as somebody who tracks all this stuff, it's yeah. even way more complicated than that because my goal for the longest time was I want to get eight hours of sleep a night or, or more. And I would try God, and would eat out. Well, I mean, you have to do that. That's what you do. Uh, you know, that's, that's being a person. And so no, I would, I, I'm the, saying I would love, I would love to be able to do but that. Your, but your body won't let you. No way. No way. Hmm. I've never, I mean, I can tell you on, on probably one hand how many times I've slept more than seven hours since I've been 18. That's uh, very strange. It's that my body needs, seems to want or need a different amount of sleep. If I, if, if I, uh, if you, you know, didn't tell me I had to go to bed at a certain time, uh-huh. I would probably go to bed between 11, 1130 and I would wake up between six and six thirty, with no alarm. I don't use an alarm. Uh, I mean, I have one as a fallback, but I'm usually, you know, turning it off while I'm brushing my teeth in the bathroom. Um, I, you know, and if I go to bed earlier, I wake up earlier. And if I, oh. you know, if if I can get myself to sleep later, which is usually just by stubbornly laying there for half an hour, forty five minutes after I wake up and fall back to sleep for another half hour or something. Um, I'll be all wackadoodle all day. I would love it. I would love abs. I would. And the few times that I have gotten seven and a half, eight hours of sleep, I've, I, I felt good. I loved it. I want that. Uh, but I, it, like if I, if I'm used to going to bed at say 11 o'clock and I went to bed tonight at 10, I'd be up at five thirty in the morning. Hmm. I guess that's good to know. All I was going to say was that like in this, in my tracking this stuff and really wanting to get good at this stuff, you know, the, my basic bar was regardless of when I go to sleep, I'd like to get, you know, seven, eight, nine hours of sleep, wow. really eight. Why, Dan, why do you keep making that noise? This I just, is what Americans well, do. You're I, supposed to sleep eight hours a night. It's not weird. It's not weird. I'm just, I'm so, it just sounds so great. I wish I could do it. Like I'm just, I wish I could do that. Okay. All I was going to say was try and find the amount that actually makes you feel better, not the amount that's just a number. Anyway, I don't want to belabor this. I can't stand anymore you're exhaling. Well, I don't mean it in a bad way. No, it is. And I I just, every time I hear someone talk about it, I I feel just like I wish, like I wish I could do it. You can. How? You would have to, you would just have to change things about how you operate. Anyway, all I'm trying to say is this. If you do have a way to track it and keep an eye on it, be, be, mindful about it because the funny thing to me was, uh, and because I, I, you know, I do a lot of this nonsensical overlapping tracking stuff. What I discovered was the days where I got a lot done and felt really good were not necessarily the days that I slept 10 hours. Some of the days that I slept six and a half or seven hours were actually really good days. Now, I don't know. I don't know what the knock on effect of that is like over time. I'm sure, you know, it's all varied, but try to figure out the amount that makes you feel good. Not the amount that just hits a number, which is a lot more nuanced. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. 
So our thanks to uh, listener uh, Molly. Congratulations on the working on your own. If you have any other questions, hit us up uh, and we'll be happy to follow up. We do show notes for uh, every episode of this program. We do. Where would people find uh, show notes for episode 322 of your Back to Work program? They can go to 5by5.tv slash B as in boys, 2 as in the number, W as in witchcraft slash 322. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Why don't you tell me about, uh, we got one more question from a listener that shouldn't take too long, but why don't you tell me about one more thing that you like? You know, this is an interesting one. There is this really interesting uh interesting conference that's going on and this is the kind of thing that i think uh, there are a lot of people in our audience who are they're they're people that they like to do their own thing they like to start their own business they like to to sell stuff and it's you know there it's not as immediately obvious how to do this uh, when you get to the point where you're making stuff and you're, you want to sell something, I mean, I know people who just say, you know what, I just want to sell something and I don't really know what that thing should be. And they want to discover it and they want to learn. I, I remember one guy, I was reading an article, how one guy got really into the, the blue blockers. Like I wear it at night when I'm watching TV, um, you know, that like block out the, the blue light. I have these like blue blocker things. So there was a guy who like, he he really saw benefits when he did this, but how is he going to like have a business around this? He wanted to help people. Well, he actually went to Alibaba and that's who our sponsor is and found a supplier there that made these, they made them to his specifications. They used the packaging that he came up with and he actually started a business on Alibaba by using this, you know, company that he found there and then started a business of selling these things where, you know, that was all that he had to do. It's pretty I mean, interesting. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. It is. I know. I didn't either until I read this article and then and then this sponsor came along. And basically, it's, it, it's like a one-stop solution for connecting small businesses, American mostly small businesses and brands, to this huge Chinese and worldwide- Is this the Alibaba this that I've heard the, about? Yes, that's them. You can get anything from them. Anything. Yeah, And so what they've done is, and of course you want to get your stuff out there also to these other markets, to the Chinese market, for example, and they make that possible. They're like the, over there, they're like the biggest place in town. Like they're the thing. And so they have, uh, they're doing a really cool, interesting conference on this. It's called Gateway 17. And uh, they have this really good offer for for our listeners, who I think might find this kind of interesting. And uh, right now they're giving 50% off the registration fee. It takes place, it's a two-day conference in Detroit. It's in June, June 20th to 21st. And 50% off is is the deal that they're giving. Gateway, gateway Yeah, gateway17.com, gateway17.com. And our code is work. When you register, uh, you're going to learn everything over there. They're, they've got experts there. They've got people who are doing Charlie this Rose? kind of they thing. They got Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose will be hanging out. Charlie Rose just could be hanging out. Yeah, you want to meet Charlie Rose? A good good way to do it. Be like on a show. You could sit down and you could say, "I feel like it." You know, we're on your show, and he'd be like, "We're not though." Yeah, you should go. Gateway one seven work is the code to use when you sign up. Fifty percent off the registration fee. So go check it out. Thanks very much. Alibaba people, gateway17.com. Thanks, Alibaba. Buck, buck. Buck. Listener Lance writes in to say, I'm moving to Mississippi this summer in July to pursue my education and get a PhD. Good for you, Lance. 
piled hyper, higher and deeper, am I right? Uh, I'd love to get your advice on how to manage being in a completely new place uh, that, where I will not know anyone and be far away from family and friends. That's no fun. Uh, I know you both have moved a few times to completely different places and would love to hear how you dealt with all the stress and anxiety that comes along with it. I've never Listen done it the, the, the way Lance has done it, though, uh, in that uh, all by yourself. Really? You've never done that? I've never done a move. A, bi- or, a big move. A big move all by myself, just me alone without maybe a, like an, even in college, when I was going to college, I had a, a, a roommate that I was friends with from high school that we kind of went together. And then, I mean, you know, I did like a little move from, oh, we'll go to this apartment, find another roommate, go to this apartment, yeah. that kind of stuff in college. But, but still the familiar environment, familiar people. Exactly. As far as going from like, I live in Florida, I'm moving to North Carolina. Well, I was married, you know, when I did that. And so all the big moves that I've done uh, in, involved that, didn't you, weren't you on your own when you went from Florida to, uh, to California? Yeah. Yeah. But in that case I had a Sherpa. I mean, my friend Michael, you know, uh, helped me just, I can't even begin to say how much he helped ease the, um, the transition. No, it's, it's weird. I mean, I, for some reason I'm reminded a little bit of college and how, uh, I assume this is normal of college as you go and you visit, you might do a, you know, you'll go and do like a weekend trip there like sitting in on a class and stuff like that. I, I, uh, listener Lance doesn't say how far he is from Mississippi right now, but I'll tell you what I would do um, is you and a friend go there for a few nights. And I mean, because the thing is you can buy books. I'm always struck, like when I buy like a tourist book, I'm always struck by like how different the experience is from what I thought it was going to be in the book. And it's really more upsetting than useful. But I would say like, you know, if you know people there, especially what I would say is you and a pal, if you can drive there, go drive and stay there for, you know, maybe a weekend or something like that. But at least a few nights, but get a feel, like go look at where, you know, you're, I mean, obviously you've probably been there. You've probably interviewed and stuff, but get a feel for like what life is like around there. Um, and be open to that because going and visiting there when you're not living there yet is much lower stress and you will probably notice more interesting things than if you're real heads down on the moving part of it. But I would go and then maybe, you know, if there's people in that program, maybe see if you can go get drinks with somebody in your PhD who's going to be in the PhD program too. Um, I mean, do your own version of this, but I think one thing is it's, there's a reason that divers do that thing where they jump in the water, you know, (laughs) they do the false start. Because like they get the shock of getting in the water. Oh, tell off me, and, tell me about that. I don't know what what that is. I mean, I don't know if this still exists, but for the longest time, when you'd watch a, like a swimming competition, um, they'd be on the blocks, you know. And this is really swimming has gotten to be so competitive, and they're on the blocks, and there'll be like the countdown, and then one or more swimmers will will usually jump in the water because you get like one free foul, I guess. They'll they'll jump clearly like a second before the uh, gun goes off. Interesting. And I, I don't know if this is true, but I've been told that they do that to like, maybe it's superstition, but it's also that it kind of burns off the shock of getting in the water because now they're ready to go. And I think that there's a, sim- if you can do it, there's a similar thing here. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think there, there is too much prep you can do in terms of like, I'm going to master everything about this area and learn the names of everything. And like, you know, you'll get that. But if you go there as a person, even if you've been there before, go there again uh, and now obviously if that's a, you know, 10 hour flight, that's not going to be practical, but I think that's one really good way is get a feel. And then if you can meet some locals, get a feel for like, where, where do people shop? Where do people eat? Like what's, what's good to know? Where, when's the traffic bad? And, you know, go walk around where your neighborhood is going to be. I think that's, that's a nice way to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I, I say walking because if it is a walkable area, 
any area that is walkable is much more learnable by walking uh, than by driving. Oh, yeah. But, or, you know, again, a bike would count too. But I think that would help a lot. Um, I guess there's you know, like all the other kinds of stuff you can do. Yeah, there's going to be stress and anxiety, but I would just say remember that this is an adventure. Oh, that's you great. Know? That's so true. It's, it's hard to do that. Like it's sort of one of those, it's as simple as adjusting your attitude a little bit, but you know, you've survived everything in your life up till now. You know, you're going into a PhD program. You're probably not a total dingling. Right. Like you survived. So instead, like, what if you said, like, I, I know this sounds really dorky, but like, what if you saw it as more of an adventure? It's an adventure where stress and anxiety will come along, but like, then you're, you're open to opportunities of this. It, you know, you're not catastrophizing it as much. Right. I mean, so much of it seems to be like about that mindset. And I love the way that you phrase that as an adventure, because if you say this is an adventure, a journey, then you're just going to go into it and say, oh, this thing happened. And then I did that. And this thing happened. But if you're bringing with you all of the sort of the weight and the burden and the baggage of this is different from what I'm used to. This isn't the same as... Oh, that's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh I do. I used Constantly to live comparing in, everything to like what's for, normal and how you like it. That's right. We're now back to comparing, but comparing instead of with other people, comparing with your past life, the old, the old place that you used to live, the way that you felt in the old place. It's Things are going to feel different. And for me, as somebody who has dealt with a lot of stress or anxiety about things being different from the way that maybe I feel like they were or should be, or how mm-hmm. I would want them to be, um, being being able to go in with the expe- expectation that this is going to be different. They are mm-hmm. going to be different. They're not going to be the same. And that's not a bad thing. It allows you to enjoy the experience as opposed to disliking the experience. Because if if you went to the movie theater and the last time that you'd been there, you'd got really great seats. And this time you're not in those great seats. You might be thinking to yourself, yeah, the movie would probably be a bit better if I was kind of like one row forward and two rows, two two seats closer to the center, instead of just enjoying the the movie that you're watching. That's a really that's actually a really good way to look at it. You know the the baggage of expectations, and you know I, I feel like I'm really zeroing in on something you said, which is I know I tend to do this is if I'm in the wrong state of mind, all I'm looking for are ways that this isn't optimal or ways this isn't what I expected. I think that's one thing that pegs me as a historically not very good traveler is I'm like, man, this isn't like how I want. I want a bigger chair to sit in. Instead totally of just natural, like, That's totally yeah. normal. Well, especially if you're feeling resistant about the experience in general. Like if you're really excited to go on a vacation with your friends, you're probably not going to worry about the size of your seat as much. <laughs> right. If you're dreading where you're going, it makes it all the worse. That is such a good point. It really does. It's like if you start – if you're going into it thinking to yourself, this – is not what I want to be doing or my whole life ahead of me is just a giant ball of uncertainty. Yeah. You're going to be freaking out about every little thing and that you won't enjoy any part of the process. I was, um, on one of the slacks. There's a, I'm on, there's a doctor who channel and we were, uh, talking about, um, recent episodes of doctor who. And for the first time, I'm not the first person to say this, but I was trying to articulate this feeling I have. What I, one thing I really like about that show and about that character, uh, something that'll come up a lot, um, is the doctor and the companion or whatever will encounter something that's very foreign, very alien, often very scary. And sometimes the companion freaks out and wants to run away or, you know, the people in the town or, but you notice the first thing with the doctor is he's always curious above all else. 
He's always wondering, what is, look at you, beautiful. Like he sees a dinosaur and he's like, you, look at you. <laughs> and he's just filled with wonder about what he's seeing because he's, he's a doctor and, you know, he's an alien. He's from Gallifrey. He's got two hearts. He's kind of a weirdo. But one of the things I love about the doctor is he's always curious long before he's frightened. There might be a reason to flee. There might be a reason to attack. There's all kinds of things you might have to do for self-preservation, but he always seeks first even before he understands, he just wants to see. Before he just, you know, says, oh, this place is creepy. Let's run the other way. Uh, I don't know. I think that's one aspect of the doctor that I, I would like to be better at. And, and you know, in the case of listener uh, Lance, that's a way to look at this. When I say look at this in an event, as an adventure, make a practice, you know, quietly. Make a practice in your mind of saying, I've decided that I'm going to be curious before I get scared. Because I, if I find out what this thing really is, it might seem very silly to me that I was scared of it. I think that's just a good way to go through life. I like that. I still don't think you should watch Doctor Who. But <laughs> I think that's something to be gleaned from the character. Curiosity before fear. Curiosity before fear. And uh, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. <laughs> What's that from? Romans? Hmm. Pride goeth. I think it's probably Romans. Romans is a good book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a good it's a thinking man's uh chapter. Verse. Chapter. Book. 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 Book 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 book. Telephone. Telephone. Love those guys. Mm. <laughs> Roderick reminded me of them. And now I I just find myself going book, 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 book. My kids didn't like it as much as I did. Proverbs. It's from Proverbs. Huh. Your kids, your kids didn't like the two, the two guys. I mean, they like it, but they're not like when I was a kid. I was, I was into that. Wow, we're we're uh, making great progress on Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Uh, we watch. We're into the pitching the pilot season with Crazy Joe Devola. Oh, that's a good one. Such a good season. I love Crazy Joe Devola. <laughs> you don't have to shake my hand, Jerry. <laughs> holds oh, up, Seinfeld. holds up, still real well, doesn't it? Oh, sure does. The pants are very high. Oh yeah, the, weight, the waist on the pants is is very high. But you know, and the rule of thumb is still true: the ones where Elaine has curly hair are generally funnier than the ones where she has straight hair. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah it's a thing. That's a thing. Is like if you if a Seinfeld comes on your hotel room, look at Elaine's hair. If she has super curly hair, it's probably a good one. If she has straight hair, it's usually not as good. Is not always. A, is it a time no. period or is it a um? A, a, a time period when her hair was curly or straight, or did she just go back and forth? Her hair happened to be straight at times that the show not was not widely regarded as having its best period. So she has curly hair a couple of times, a few like at different times. But you know the classics you remember, you know her in the dress with the hair. Yeah, I love Elaine. Me too. Are you, you watching saying, Veep? You watching Veep? No. I, I, should I start it? Oh my god. Good. Oh my god. It's a, it's one of the funniest TV shows I've ever seen. I, I can barely breathe when I'm watching it. Are you saying that the curliness or lack of curliness of her hair had a dramatic effect and a direct effect on how good the Seinfeld episodes were? Yeah, well, obviously. Interesting. Yeah. that When they wanted the show to get crappier, they had her straighten her hair. And she said, no, I don't want to do that. I understand the effect that this has. I am a Gorgon. <laughs> of course it has an effect. Ah, heartbreaker, heartbreaker, brew, baker, run this prison like a man. Ho, ho. <laughs> Connie Selica, nothing wrong with that. Nice. Ah, we 
have fun, don't we? Yeah. All right, let's button this up. All I right. love you. Love you too, Marlon, man.